opportunity to get to know me instead of killing me. If we come together, you will be surprised. Maybe you'll discover there's an angel in disguise. Greetings and welcome to True Life Experiences Live on Streets 989 Atlanta TV, a global network. The number one stream sharing the lives of extraordinary leaders and entertainers and community advocates through True Life Experiences with your host, the First Lady, MC Jazzy. Today, we welcome a fearless leader, New Order National Human Rights Organization founder and CEO, Jared Emerson Rose, activist radio talk show hosts, and humanitarian. He joins us today to share his life and career with our audience here on Streets 989 Atlanta TV. Let's welcome Jared to the studio. Hi, Thank you for having How me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. It is a pleasure and honor to finally have you here in the studio to share your life, your career, and your mission with our audience. Let's get started. No problem. No problem. Awesome. Well, first of all, you know, your life as an activist began at a very early age, following the footsteps of your father and Toledo's a civil rights activist and icon. Reverend Flood E. Rose. Share with us more on why community service, civil and human rights justice remains the main focus and mission at New Order. Well, when I was a kid, I see my dad fighting for, for human rights. Uh, I was exposed to civil rights as a very, like you say, a young kid. Uh, it was not easy growing up under my dad's roof. Our house and church was put on fire. Death threat calls came in daily. I had a chance to meet Rosa Parks. Uh, she spoke at our church. Uh, Minister Farrakhan spoke in my church. Uh, several high profile icons. Uh, had a chance to meet Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. Uh, I didn't even know my dad knew Malcolm X personally. I just knew that over the years, you know. So it was not easy, but back in 1992, um, two of my friends got killed execution style, so it hit too close to home. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, what happened was uh, they went to the corner grocery store, and they said, "Gerald, um, would you like to go?" I said, "No, let me. I, I stay back or whatever." And um, so, what happened? They did not return. They was executed. So it hit home, and my dad went on an eighteen-day fast because they used to cut my dad grass. And he was wanting to get some spiritual guidance as far as the, the, the racism, the black on black crime and things like that. He said, son, I need you to um, give an update and, and, and um, do a press conference because he did not come out of his house for like 18 days. And I'm looking at him, at him as a father first. He started losing all his weight because he believed in Gandhi message as well, his mission. And so what happened is I went out there at a young age, did a wonderful job. I was nervous. And that's the day it touched me from God said, hey, you about to get involved and take over the legacy. 
you know, and then what happened then, um, I ended up moving to Atlanta, Georgia, didn't know nobody, but I knew I had this experience in my blood. And I seen a couple cases that took place outside of Atlanta called Cobb County. Now, Cobb County is on a whole different level. It's different from Fulton County, Gwinnett County. Um, Cobb County police is considered to be very, very um, racist towards minorities. And I said, this is where I wanted to be at. And so exactly what happened then, a teacher called two students the N-word. A little girl was suspended with a Tweety Bird chain. And uh, a city council mayor called a uh, one of the council persons be quiet like a tar baby. And he was the only African-American man on city council. I'm like, ain't nobody saying nothing. Right. Then I realized, I realized uh, when I came to Georgia, the late Joseph Lowry said, Rose, I respect what you do, but don't fool with them Cobb County people because we don't even go out there and fight for human rights. I said, sir, no do, no disrespect. That's where I want to be at. So I spoke out about it. I ended up getting the mayor to apologize publicly about what he said to Anthony Coleman. I got the little girl back, um, got back in school and I got the teacher end up being suspended. I said, well, you know what? This is the Mecca, this is where Dr. Martin Luther King was born. I can do this in this major city. And I did it. And that's why I'm here today. I put God first. You know, he's ahead of my life. And now I went from a local organization to a national organization. And God is good. And I will continue to fight for my people. Well, Jerry, you know, you assisted families during the peak uprise here in America from Sandra Bland, George Floyd, to Rashad Brooks. Yes. Can you reflect on, you know, how you are able to continue to be so instrumental in providing assistance to grieving families during the loss of their loved ones due to gun violence and police brutality mm -hmm. across America? Well, first of all, uh, my dad was a minister. He said, son, if you're doing this, uh, make sure you put God first, anything that you do. Make sure you be um, truthful to the community, to the people that you help. Don't do it for the cameras. Do it because you, you're concerned. And this is what's going on. I'm glad you said Sandra Bland. Back in 2015, a young lady reached out to me anonymously, said, Gerald, I need you in Texas. I said, for what? I could have been the next Sandra Bland. So she flew me all the way to Texas to speak out about the Sandra Bland case. You know, I didn't do it from afar. I went in front of that jail where they I considered they murdered her, not that she committed suicide and demand some answers, not just New Orleans. The whole country was was concerned about Sandra Bland. So the one thing about me, I don't complain from afar. I go where the problem is. And I went out there and spoke. I would not leave until I met with the uh, the, uh, the sheriff of where she was incarcerated. Uh, it was on ABC National News. I was very nervous at that time. You know, so and then the Rashad Brooks case. Uh, one thing about that, I do have questions. I hate when we put ourselves in situations. Once he started running and tried to and took the um, taser, the taser from the officer. I knew what was about to happen, man. I knew it because we don't see our day in court when that happens. But when you have a white male kill nine people at a black church and get taken to Burger King first before you get taken to jail. We got a problem, if you know what I mean. That happened in, in I South do Carolina. I know what you mean because there should, could have been so many other alternatives 
Yes. Um, resolve him being sleep in the driveway of a of a restaurant. He wasn't right. operating the vehicle. It was, he really had collapsed. Really, the liquor had Correct. probably taken over. To be honest, Correct. and um, so they could have even allowed him to walk home. Right, right. But you know I mean, when it comes to been so many, and I think that he actually literally was pleading. Um, indicating that his daughter's birthday was coming up, or was that the, the next day or something? And you know, Correct. so he was letting them know that he really did, you know, want to be home. Right. You well, know, you know, when it, it comes, do happen. You know, you never yeah. know what he was going through before he even started getting it. I mean, I've I've had some situations where, luckily, I had a nice cop help me out. <laughs> Correct. Correct. You know. Yeah. Correct. So you what? know, it, you're right. It, there, there could have been just so many different um, things that happened yeah. that evening. Correct. When it comes to us, they more impatient. When it comes to other races, and we know that America knows that. Um, I'm always saying that it's too different. We're divided. It's rules for them and rules for us. I'm not even yeah, racist. You, you actually posted that today. Um, Correct. Even yeah. in my organization, I have multi-culture in, in the organization. It's just when wrong is wrong, you got to speak up and see they know they understand that. You know, like and I like I said, I yesterday I went and spoke to the chief of police of Clayton County and Cobb County to continue to have an open door policy. That's not saying I'm your friend. It's just the fact if something happens and we get a complaint from your police officers, your door must be open for me to come speak to you all. See, one thing about me, I learned through the years, we had a conversation offline where you say you've been doing something for so many years. My dad always taught me, you can rally and protest all you want, but you got to get inside these doors to meet with these people, not to sell out, not to be your friend and let them know, hey, uh, enough is enough. You get, you'll get results, believe it or not. Right. But basically what I'm saying, I like to sit down with you eye to eye, look at you. You know, look at your eye contact, look at your um, reaction on when I'm asking you a serious question about your police officer. So I can really tell if you're being very uncomfortable. And I remember the AJC newspaper did a big article that we opened up a, a, a open door policy in Cobb County. So our job is to go throughout Metro Atlanta area, and not just Metro Atlanta area, but the United States um, to have this 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 policy because a lot of people, I always say all police are not bad, but we got some bad ones that need to be off the force. You know, I remember now, and I went to act Let's reflect on the violence in okay. Atlanta. We continue okay. to lose our youth daily to violence. Uh, you recently made a post on Facebook and indicated it's going to take more than just marching to stop gun violence. And I also agree with that statement. But what are your thoughts? How can we save our youths from gangs and gun violence? Well, to be honest, I don't have all the answers. I could just say that I'm trying to do my part. It's going to take all of us uh, to, to come together because this is Atlanta. There's a lot of organizations doing the same thing, but we're not really working together. I just feel that if we all can unite and when someone like us um, get murdered by our own people, we need to be just as angry. You know, for some reason, we're biased on it. I remember, I don't know, you remember the nine-year-old little girl, Shakur? 
that was killed in Atlanta. Yes, Do you remember? I, yes, yes, I was over there. You spoke up. That was yeah, I, I. I was over there. Couldn't correct. even get down the street because the armed guards weren't allowing people to drive down the street. Correct. Yeah. I when I heard about that right after Richard Brooks case, I immediately called it a press conference. Where's the outrage on this? When we say Black Lives Matter. Does it matter when we kill each other? Now, I do understand there's two different situations. I know the system is really not for us, but when we're killing each other, especially our babies, we need to be in the streets just as well. That's just my opinion, you know? And I can tell you what we do every third Saturday, we take kids to the African, uh, the Apex Museum. You heard of the Apex Museum on Auburn Avenue? I actually know what you're, you're talking about, yes. Okay. Uh, we partnership up with the Apex Museum. What we do every third Saturday, we take kids over there to teach them the real history that the school system has never taught us about why we kings and queens and things like that. Because recently they took black history, even out of our public school system, to talk about our history. You know what I mean? So basically, we right. take the kids over there. Uh, Dan Moore Jr., who's the executive director, gives them a yeah. hard tour. Mm -hmm. Of where we actually came from. So what we're trying to do is change the mindset of our young children. Said, why would I kill my own? And we came from the same tribe. We came from the same struggle. We can't. We can't. We were slaves. So we're trying to make them have a guilty conscience. On why would I do that to my people? You know, to the same person that looks like me, thinks like me, just as beautiful as me, got the same beautiful black skin as me, and kill them. So we're trying to do our part. I know we can't save the world, but we got to save our children because no one's going to save our children for us, but us, you know, so. Well, I was just about to ask you because, you know, your motto is justice or else. So you just really right. explain how your meetings are benefit the benefiting the community uh, by reaching out to our youth. But I, I think well, that, you know, there's a root cause. Correct. To a lot of the violence that is going on in our in our streets across right. America. That's true. Actually, it starts at home. That, I think that it's time for us to really have a constructive conversation mm -hmm. with the parents. That is very. That is with true. It's definitely the parents got to meet us halfway. I remember. I spoke up where I mean, a little seven. We can organize, we can walk, we can preach, we can say That's hallelujah, right. we can pray. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, Unfortunately, the things that we did back then with my dad and the, the, the icons is not working these days, if you know what I'm saying. It's not that it's not working. It's just right. that they they were not trained the way that we were trained. True. So how can how can it work? That's true. But one thing we have to realize that all of us doesn't know that we are just as important. Our kids are just important. We know we have some issues going on with certain kids. Maybe they raising themselves, parents not in the homes, broken homes. So we have to be. We can't replace as a blood parent, but I us. Don't, that well, I, I don't know if that's true because today there are more two parent families than ever before mm -hmm. in the African-American community. Wow. So, See, that's something you just taught me. I didn't know that, ma'am. And thank you for letting me know that so that I could add that to my speech. Because yes. if that's the case, there's really no excuse. So you got to be a parent first and not being 
being like a brother or sister to your parents. You know, and there you go. We want to yeah. be friends I mean, rather than authoritative people. Of course. When we are mentoring and inspiring our youth, we can't right. be all nice all the time. Right. I was raised to respect my elders. You know, I remember I accidentally called my dad by his first name. <laughs> and I'm surprised I'm here today. No more. I did that one time and that yeah. was it. He told me, what you say? It wasn't, and I remember in the third grade, man, when I slapped the principal for eating somebody didn't want to eat, my dad came up to the school. It was just one time. He didn't believe keep coming up here, me constantly getting in trouble. So I learned from that first punishment, that first whooping. This is not going to be an ongoing problem, son. And these days, you know, it's sad that I believe in whoopings. I don't believe in child abuse, but a lot of Stuff is like the system is set up for us to fail. You know, they took prayer out of school. You know, they I don't even think they even paddle no more in school these days. You know, it's just sad. Well, I just was, think was, that, I think that, um, first of all, you said a, an important thing. The things mm -hmm. that, and the ways, and the process that your father and our forefathers went about making mm -hmm. change within our communities is not working today. So when I'm, therefore the same organizations are trying mm -hmm. to regulate our communities like they did back then. Right, right, right. Like you say, right. it's a lot of activism, it's a lot of advocates, it's a lot of ministers, uh, it's a lot of community leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and that unfortunately, is they're not coming together and working on one accord. Everybody is coming up with their own initiatives. That is true. Which is that a is diversion true. from really the right. main objective of our youth. Right, right. It's right. a lot of stuff that goes on uh, that I see that really is really counterproductive. Correct. That is correct. It's just the fact that when I first moved to Atlanta, and it's not just Atlanta got issues everywhere. I was seeing a lot of, to be honest, it seemed like it was more division us than working together. And I figured this is Atlanta, Georgia. I'm coming from a small city. I was excited. Then I started seeing you have a church on every corner. Some of these churches don't even associate with their neighbors, you know, and, 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 and again, um, I'm not saying that all churches is doing it. I just feel that we all can be doing much more than what we're doing right now, especially working together, networking. Right. Right. I need to know your resources. So if I get a call under your agenda, your mission statement, I will refer that person to you. You know what I mean? I need to know what we're doing. I see like this podcast that you're doing. I see what you're doing. If it's something that you can can help someone out, I will send them to you. It's all about right, working likewise. together. Right, but it's, there's so much division. Everybody wants to be a leader. You know, everybody, you know, I see different, a lot of uh, uh, division going on in Atlanta. You know, I don't do drama. I don't do messy. I'm all about getting, you know, getting results, right. you know, and, and things. I don't mind getting, you know, I don't care who gets your credit. It's all about getting the work done. But my dad always told me, he said, 
son, when they're talking about you, that means you're doing something. When they ain't talking about you, that means you're not doing enough. You know, so of I get hate mail. You just don't know what I go through daily. You know, I remember I can uh, when, imagine. yeah, when I was um, not supporting dog fighting, but when Michael Vick got in trouble, I said, have, let him have his day in court. You know, they already done convicted him in the media on, on the dog fighting. So I spoke out about, you know, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Now, I was upset when he finally came out, admitted it that he was involved, which I understand. But when Michael Vick, and I, ho I hope I'm not changing the subject, but when he You're went- You're not. Um, you have a liberty to talk about whatever case you <laughs> want to, sir. Right. So when he got in trouble, people thought I was crazy because I was speaking up for him, not supporting dog fighting. But when he was in jail back in 2007, I was sending him a letter every week to say, keep your head up, bro. God is sitting you down right now. And believe me, he's going to give you another chance. Now look what's going on with Michael Vick. People thought I was crazy back then. Now he got out, signed another $100 million contract um, with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's debt-free now. And now he's on TV. So my like vision, he was before he went in. Right. So my vision came true. I was looking at it as a higher problem than, than you know, and people were like, Gerald, you're crazy. You know, he's a killer dog fighter and all that. I ignored all that. Now look at him now. So that's when I went on Nancy Grace show um, to explain, you know, he paid his debt to society. Give him a second chance. So why is this hatred still going on against this man? But everything turned around, you okay. know, and the Nancy Grace show reached out to me today. Uh, uh, to talk about the gun violence here in Atlanta. Unfortunately, I missed the, the message, but there's a problem going on with our people. We can't give up on our youth. We can't do it. And I refuse to do that. Oh, no. I refuse oh, no. to do that. You know, yeah. Jared, let's flashback. You know, at the beginning of the show, you, you know, spoke a little bit about your protege, the okay. late Reverend Joseph Lowry. You have also been mentored by Martin Luther King III. Tell Correct. us he been more about being inspired by these icons. Wow. Um, before I did any kind of activism here in Atlanta, it's out of it's my respect to reach out to the ones that's been doing the work here in Atlanta. It was my purpose to visit the King Center. I met Joseph Lowry. I even met John Lewis. I met the Hosea Williams. You know, I met Coretta Scott King before she died. You know, because I've been in Atlanta for a while and I was amazed on how they was willing to accept me from Ohio because I know sometimes when it comes to activism, it's this thing called territory thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they welcomed me. And when I told them that what I would, you know, where I'm from, what I did, you know, they, they respected me, but I had to show them my work. So um, actually, I came down here off and running, was not afraid. I know this is the South, you know, and one reason God gave me a talent, I don't fear no man. Only one I fear is the man above. And actually, I have proven myself. Many doors was closed in my face when I first got down here. I don't want to say no names. But now you remember the, the late, you remember the song, You All Hot, You All On Me Now by Mike Jones? You remember that song? I don't yeah. know if you remember that song, but anyway, um, and it's not I, but we, I must give a shout out to my New Order family because I can't do this by myself. I have a national marketing team, a research department team. 
I have board of directors. It ain't just juror. I might be the face, but the people behind the scenes were the ones that really makes it happen. You know, so I'm just glad that I had a chance to come to a major city. You know, I've been to Mississippi, the surrounding areas, you know, doing some great work. But again, without me acknowledging the local people that was here before me doing the work here, that would have been unfair. That's what right. I immediately did. Yeah, so that's so no one can say that I didn't lend my hand out. I lend my hand out, but I was often running after that. Awesome. Jerry, let's talk a little bit about your life as a civil and human rights okay. activist. You know, race, racism is rapid here in America. Uh, you recently received a message for help regarding racism at Bartow County Jail. Many people oh really don't understand the depth of racism, but I'm sure you and I do because we probably experience it daily. How would right. your organization get involved in order to help resolve this type of complaint? First of all, when we get a complaint, we don't go off emotions. We go off facts. When you get facts, you get a victory. So we receive letters, calls daily on racism situations. You know, and I'm not surprised because this is it's, it's uprising, you know, and our former president made it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Former president in 2016, which I will call him 45. I will not call him by his name. Made that happen. You know, of course, it's been around before he was the president. But since it's like it uprise and people are more bold these days. So, yeah, so we do receive a lot of letters. That's why. When we get these 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 letters and complaints, um, of course, you got to go through our legal department to make sure that everything is approved, and then we we take action. But to 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 um to for people to contact us is that's what you're asking me. I just want to make sure on how I'm they can. Saying, what would the process be? Well, you just said they first have to go through the legal. Okay. What happened is your legal uh, system in order to make sure that everything is legit and there is a case. Okay. Of racism or discrimination or whatever the the issue is with that comp okay. particular complaint. Um, one of the things that I, I would like to really give you a shout out for is your your expertise and your commitment to the Tower Boulevard situation in Jonesboro. Um, well, so do you uh, research, girl? <laughs> Mia, yeah, Mia I just said that was the Yes. That was nothing but God because um, they've been fighting for sidewalks and streetlights for many years, and I was called to get involved. I had a chance to address um, Jeff Turner, who I know him personally. He's the chairman. When I met him, he's the yes, chief of I police. Know of I know Chairman Turner as well. Yeah, back in the day, he know he said, "Oh, here he come. He coming to my to my county." And I spoke. And I'm gonna tell you what God did after I spoke. They knew I was sincere, not just to be saying that. These people need help. I seen the I did some research on how many people lost their lives on Tower Boulevard because of the lack of um, street lights and sidewalks. I explained to them that is I'm hoping that your heart can can get this the situation fixed. So after I spoke, they invited me to a next city council meeting where people from the um, GOD, I don't know if I'm saying that right, the Department of Fixed Stuff um, on Tower Boulevard was gonna be at the next meeting. They invited me to come out to hear what was going on. And next thing I know, everything's been approved financially. 
you know. Yeah, I, I'm in this business to get solutions, not just to be seen. Because if it is, it's time for me to leave this this business because people are fed up. I'm gonna be honest with you, people are fed up even with organization. They just out there and just running their mouth and getting no results. I don't believe in that. Right. I let's not, talk I don't briefly. Know. Let's talk briefly about your radio show. Um, real talk. And I got to get you on there too as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your show. Um, you know, how are you getting guests on, and what is your main focus? I know it's about uh, the organization. So just mm -hmm. just share a little bit about about uh, your your radio show. It's called Real Talk with New Order. Um, we do real talk. Uh, it's every third, it's every second and fourth Saturday each month. I did had on guests. I had Martin Luther King III on there. I had Miss D Hagler. I don't know if you heard of D Hagler. She's a former. I know um, her. I know. I know pretty much everybody here in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, so I'm okay. <laughs> I invited her on my show. Some very important people uh, on my show just to give you the real news of what's going on. Like your platform, I really thank you again for allowing me to be on here. And we talk about the real issues that's going on. You know, I invite attorneys on there. Where they come on there and talk about, you know, your rights if you get stopped by the police. You know, so um, matter of fact, it was late. I was trying to get, um, gladly he won, um, Mr. Warnock on there. So obviously, okay. I maybe he could come on there now since he got reelected. Oh, yeah, I'm always thinking outside the box, okay. you know, and things like that. I got to do that because... Um, it's very important. It's too much going I on. I like to interview extraordinary leaders and community leaders and entertainers that, you know, really are doing some magnificent things in the community. Right, right. right. Yeah. So I had Mr. Rashad, Rashad Ritchie on my show. You know, he Dr. Doctor Dr. I'm sorry, Rashad. I'm sorry. Let me correct your name. Dr. Rashad Ritchie. You know, we talk quite often. You know, I type, I talk quite often off the air with these people that's in the media. Yeah. You know, and things like that. So because you got to look at it. Yeah. Right. Because we can have all these radio platforms all day. Just the fact we still have to work together in some kind of way. Like I said, yeah. I want to invite you on my show to give of me course, some extra. But I want to do more. And that was my next question, Jared. Okay. How can others get involved with New Order National? Human rights organization. You can contact New Order at 1-800-346-5138, or you can visit our website at www.nonhro.org, or you can send us an email at n1992order at yahoo.com. Now, I used to give out my cell numbers to the point I can't do that now because I received crazy. I would crazy never give out my cell number. This is an <laughs> international platform. I would never right, do right. that on this platform. I learned, believe me, I learned from my I, I learned from my mistakes on that. I said never again because some people does not like what we do. <laughs> there are any final yeah. words for our audience this evening? Yeah, if I could just say this right quick on uh, this little message, if it's okay. If it's not slavery. It's segregation. It's not segregation. It's discrimination. If it's not discrimination, it's intimidation. If it's not intimidation, it's incarceration. If it's not incarceration, it's prejudice. If it's not prejudice, it's poverty. If it's not poverty, it's unemployment. If it's not unemployment, 
You're catching hell at your employment. God bless you. I love my people. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. Enjoy the rest of your (laughs) evening. You know, I'm definitely going to continue to reach out to you, and hopefully I can do some things with your organization in the coming months. Of course. Um, Of course. Matter of fact, we're having a a unity conference on. It's not to January 14th. I would love to have you on the platform. Yes, sir. I would love to be there. I I, I think I saw that. I think I right. saw that. We got so much going on. It's like some no disrespect to the other organization. They just wait for the next rally and protest. We got so much stuff going on because it's more than just doing that, if you know what I mean. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Jared, thank you so much for sharing. We're going to say goodnight for tonight, but I'll definitely be back in touch with you. And thank you for okay. all that you do in the community. And Be thank safe you for having Thank you. God got my back. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Many, many blessings, my brother. One love. One love, you too. Awesome. Bye bye now. Bye bye. All right, guys. That was Jarrah Rose. He is the CEO and founder at New Order National Human Rights Organization. This is an international platform that he has. He's expanded um, globally. So he's doing some amazing things. Guys, make sure that you reach out to him and let him know that you got to see him here on Streets 989 Atlanta TV. Continue to stream on our platform. We are on iHeartRadio and all social media platforms sharing the lives of extraordinary leaders, entertainers, and community advocates through our Atlanta's Jazz Soul and Blues platform, the Holy Ghost Revival True Life Experiences. I'd like to say thank you again for sharing. We're going to get out of here with our artist that we played at the beginning. This is Reggie Boone with that incomparable. Let's get out of here. One love, and until then, continue to keep God first in your life. Talk to me, talk to me, 
Surprise, maybe you discover there's an angel. 